Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Game night. Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. They've had some electrifying games. I think for a lot of the listeners out there, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think a lot of people actually like Winnipeg. They're kind of like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were of the CFL. Uh, you know, it's a good hockey market. They lost their team. They got their team back. They're energized. They're a prairie team. You know, it's hard not to kind of like the Jets and they play, uh, an assertive style on the ice. And frankly, even though <laughs> the thing that always makes me chuckle about Winnipeg is technically they have the richest owner in the league by quite a wide margin. Now, I'm not saying David Thompson's pumping a ton of money into that organization, uh, but it is, they're an organization that is tight. But they get a lot out of their people. There's no question about that. We'll mention to you that guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. And just before we go to Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, brought to you Wednesdays by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. I just want to read this text. We're going to start talking about goaltending. And this text comes to us out of Edmonton. Bob, I would love John Gibson. Imagine the stress relief it would give our young decor. Well, the problem is you probably have to give up part of the young decor as we bring aboard Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you doing? At least part of that young decor. Everybody wants John Gibson. They love the contract. They love the term. Why do they think Anaheim's dying to get rid of this guy? We could dream, right? I mean, I, I think what we're seeing, and maybe Va- Vancouver and Calgary give us the best explanation of this, Brian. You look at Vancouver and Markstrom, and to a lesser extent, Tanev cleaned up some crap that happened on the ice last year for the Canucks. They gave up opportunities. They were a high-event team, and Markstrom was pretty good. Markstrom's gone to Calgary now. He's stolen some games from them. Tanev's in sort of a shutdown role. And unfortunately, other than a couple games last week for the Oilers, they haven't had goaltenders cleaning up a lot of crap stealing games. And the one thing John Gibson does, what does he do? He cleans up the, like, Anaheim can't score, but that guy's hard to score on. And I think we're seeing the importance of having, Brian, one of those top four or five guys. You know what I mean? Well, all right. So just tell the fans what you think, Bob. I'll tell you what I think, but tell me what you think. If there ever was a possibility, and I don't believe there is, that Anaheim would trade him, but I think people would shy away from this discussion if they had any inkling as to what it would potentially cost to get a guy like him. I haven't been in the chair. You have. 
So, uh, you know, as a general, what, what, realistically, what are we talking? Four pieces, five pieces to get a goalie like Gibson? Uh, realistically, it would probably take four assets. And I don't, and generally, you can always fall back to what it used to be for Peter Forsberg or, you know, a player that was an elite, elite guy. It was always, you know, you got to give us a first rounder, you know, a player off your roster and another piece besides that whatever that may be, somebody that's close or what have you. I can tell you for a fact, when I was looking at trading one of our stars in Tampa, it was four pieces for him. And it was, it, and, and what usually happens is de- deals expand as you start to talk about that and eventually start talking about a goaltender that plays for Edmonton for another goaltender that doesn't. That's gone on and had a pretty good career. But these things, they can start off at a certain level, then just keep expanding and expanding and expanding. That is the type of scenario that would have to happen for the Edmonton Oilers to ever be able to land a guy like John Gibson. And I just don't think Anaheim has really any interest, need, or desire to do that right now. So it would be even more complicated. Edmonton would be better off to look somewhere else for goaltending help if they wanted to go that direction. Would I be out to lunch thinking that the asset request from Anaheim might be along the lines of either Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, Broberg, a first-round pick, Holloway, and then you send us Koskinen back? Would would something like that? I honestly think, yeah, and that would be an incredible return for Anaheim. Um, But because they don't want to trade him, when you have that discussion, you can get that type of response. And it's disheartening if you're seriously thinking from your end that, you know, yeah. we really, we really, I one time asked Lou Lamarillo, Lou, and it was, it had to do with a trade for a big player in the league. And I said, how'd you figure out what to pay? He said, Brian, I just figure out if I need him and then I pay what I have to. Wow. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, it's funny because I, I mentioned, I'm going to mention two goaltenders for you. And one guy, like right now, Pittsburgh had, before last night's game, Pittsburgh had the lowest save percentage in the league. Tristan Jari is making 3.5 million. He's having a tough go to start this season. And we know, we're of the belief the Penguins are going to go for it, Brian, and go get, maybe, you know, find a way. It won't be during the season, but maybe in the offseason, bringing back Flurry, something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm going to ask you about Tristan Jari and also, uh, Elvis Merzlichkins with Columbus. Who would you target okay. if you were Edmonton? Who would you target if you were the Oilers? They both have different uh, attributes that I like quite a bit. If it were me, I would go Merzlikens personally. I really would. There's there's going to be some unknown with either guy. So if you're giving up big assets, which you're going to have to, get a goaltender right now. I mean, the, the smart players to try to let things play out a little more as yes. teams kind of bleed out in terms of what their prospects will be. It's like Nashville right now, and everybody's talking about a guy like Ekholm. Well, it's a little early for that, but if Nashville season continues to deteriorate, that might actually become more possible. That's how I would look at it with the goaltenders, too. The problem is is that there's teams saying, I don't have that kind of time in a shortened season. 
this thing's going to be over if I wait 15 more games. Um, so, you know, th these are the, the difficulties of being a general manager. These are the problems that, you know, Ken Holland is faced with right now. Uh, he made a lot of strong moves over the summer, but one of them that wasn't made was really to try to significantly upgrade the goaltending. They, they took a chance, and so far it hasn't worked out great. What happens from here? Well, the great general managers, like a guy like Ken Holland, recognize that and they correct it. The question is, can it be corrected in this type of year there you quick go. enough to have an impact for the Edmonton Oilers? And I don't believe it can. I think it's got to occur in the off season. Uh, you know, the 14-day quarantine, you make a trade, and you're automatically looking at six or seven more games that you don't have the goalie for. Uh, they finally get Mike Smith back. We're joined by Brian Lawton, former general manager, Tampa Bay Lightning, started Octagon's hockey agency, uh, and now is with the NHL Network. And to me, they just have to suck it up, buttercup and goal, and hope these guys can give them the sort of goaltending they did last year where they were competitive during the regular season. They had one tough month, which was December. And I think part of the reason, Brian, for me, is because of a guy that you wanted Edmonton to go get who's now got three goals and 12 points in his last nine games. I know you would have seen the tweet this morning. The Edmonton Oilers have the highest-scoring defense in the NHL. Did that surprise you? No, it doesn't. I have to say that my son was all over me for the beginning of the start to the season because I was very vocal. One of my sons loves the Edmonton Oilers. It's all they want to talk about. And I was very vocal about my feelings on Tyson Berry, who had a very slow start, who probably didn't have the best preparation that we would have liked to have seen for a guy coming into a new team on a one-year deal. It happens. I think that he has corrected any issues he may have had. And I think he looks fantastic. He's doing exactly what I thought he would do for them. And I know you were a big proponent of Tyson as well. So, you know, it, it, you have to give these things time. And that you could have this conversation and let it bleed into the goaltending too. Do they need more time? Are they going to turn it around? Could they turn it around? It does happen all the time with players. But again, that's why you get paid the big bucks to be a general manager, to make those decisions. And uh, they're not easy decisions, and they don't always work out, and they do cause a lot of stress for guys in this league. Because a guy like Ken Holland, he wants nothing better than to give the support to a team that has shown a lot of life this year and has been kind of had their heart ripped out on a couple nights when maybe they couldn't get a save. So he's fully aware of that. Trust me, this is a difficult time for Ken. Um, but I would say that many more times than not, that's how you become an elite general manager in this league. He has come up with the right decisions. He'll do it this year, but I do not like the environment, as you just suggested. There may not be an answer this year. It may be uh, no right answer to be honest with you. So this has certainly got to be really bothering Ken Holland. In terms of the goaltending, we're joined right now by Brian Lawton. So, Brian, I don't expect Darnell Nurse to keep it up in terms of, you know, he's sort of out kicking his coverage right now. He's had a couple bounces go his way. But Barry and now Evan Bouchard, and I know you were big on Bouchard, um, they, they, to me, have given the Oilers a different look on defense, and it actually has a chance to get better. When Ethan Bear comes back to the lineup, 
because most of the analytics, and we have a lot of analytics-driven listeners to this show, they would suggest to you they think Ethan Bear was actually the Oilers' best defenseman last year. So there's a chance this group can grow and maybe defend differently by spending less time in their own zone. Absolutely, and those are things that will be talked about in the meetings constantly. Not just Ken Holland. I'm putting a lot on Ken because, the, you know, the buck stops with Ken. But at the end of the day, you're going to have meetings, and you're going to talk about these things in different scenarios and what are our ways to improvement. And the most logical one is organically through the players that you're talking about is to get – I don't feel like – Edmonton's decor has played their best hockey yet. They've scored a ton, and I've been super excited for them on that front. But I still think as a group defensively, just with the players they have, including a guy like Bouchard, um, they just have another gear that they can get to. And if that happens quick enough, that in itself could completely change the opinion on the goaltending. It just hasn't come together yet, but there's lots of time or enough time for that still to happen. And my number one point that I would be evaluating is have not seen the whole group on the same page the way that you know they're capable of. You made a difficult decision your first year in Tampa Bay, and it pertained to Steven Stamkos and his deployment. And I'm going to give you a scenario the other night. I know you saw the goal. Dominic Cahoon, 5-5 game. Edmonton had just tied it on a great setup by Pulley-Arvey and Nugent Hopkins with a, a terrific take. But Cahoon turns the puck over at the blue line. The Jets drift one towards the frontal net. They score. And uh, some have suggested, well, Bouchard's got a box out, six foot five. Blake Wheeler there. Dave Tippett, and the orders were down a defenseman in the game. It needs to be stated. But Dave Tippett did not play Cahoon another shift in the final 13 and a half minutes of the game. He kept Bouchard on the ice after that goal against and gave him, you know, he ended up playing five more shifts and four more minutes of the game. And, again, they had an injury or two. But when, when, you, when, when you have a guy that's got the upside, you kind of got to stick with him, don't you? And you kind of went through that yourself, and maybe you can relay the story to our listeners with what was going on with Stamkos uh, your first year as a GM in uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, all you're doing is you're trying to manage a process, which is coaches want to win now, and the GMs tend to want to look a little bit longer. In Stephen Stamkos's case, we actually had players that were better than him at the start of the season, good players, veteran players. You see Jokin and uh, Jeff Halpern was on the team, obviously Vinny LeCavier, but philosophically the discussion is, hey, if we start to play this player more, he will be better than they were there at right now. And a lot of coaches can resist that. In Evan Bouchard's case, I think I've said it a few times on your show over the last month, month and a half, his next level of development would happen at the NHL level. That's an example of that the other night. Whether or not, I'm not saying that it was his fault, wasn't his fault. I'm just saying that you've got to go through. Here, I'll give you another guy, not to always keep it on Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Bowen Byron. Last night played, what, 25 minutes for Colorado. You know, uh, started off playing about eight minutes. Happened really quickly for him in terms of how he's exploded, but it also was the perfect perfect environment or the perfect storm in terms of no McCarr, no uh, Gerard, and no Eric Johnson. So now you're forced into it. Dave Tippett recognizes that, especially this year. It's very smart of him 
to keep going with Bouchard. You can rest assured if Dave Tippett didn't like the way that played out from Evans' responsibility, then that would have a discussion would have taken place after the game, but not in that moment. And that's really good coaching, in my opinion. For Dominic Cahoon, you know, that is a tough lesson. Um, but Dominic is a guy, quite frankly, that I think should be able to hit a higher level. He hasn't played poorly, but I think he has another gear. And at 17 games into the season, with the opportunity he's gotten, he needs to now step up and grab that. There's entirely too much reason and logic in that perspective, Brian. You mentioned Nashville. Um, interesting one. I mean, at home, some people compare the situation similar to Muzzin. I actually think that Ekholm's better than Muzzin, and the price point is, uh, is. Mar- marginally better than Muzzin. I'm going to ask you about a couple other guys up front. Granlund and Eric Halla. Halla, in particular, could have me theoretically intrigued. Um if Nashville elects to go down the path that some are suggesting they're inevitably going to go down, would Eric Holler make sense in Edmonton? Uh, well, first off, yes on Ekholm, no on Granlin, and yes on Howler would be my answer just off the cuff. Then we can dive into it. The speed of Eric Holler, um is something that would definitely interest me. The ability to you know, add some offense in that third-line role – and yet be able to play tight defensively. If you saw this guy in Minnesota when he started his career, he can play really, really tight. It's his role changed a little bit in Vegas a number of times, to be honest. Um, he had a knee injury, which has hampered his skating, which is his strongest attribute, which is interesting because he used to be uh, average to below average skater when he was at Shattuck, St. Mary's, and then the University of Minnesota. He really worked on that and improved that. So he's a guy I'd have a lot of interest in if I was Edmonton, if the price was right. And this year, more than anything, uh, I think you're going to see more circumstances like what Vegas was able to take advantage of last year when Robin Leonard kind of fell in their lap because there was no market for him. The key is that you have to figure out a way to somehow be able to come up with cap space. If you can do that, you might find a couple steals for yourself right before the trade deadline. One final question for you. Uh, I know you monitor the NCAA. Uh, I, I think a lot of their players were sort of the origin of who you initially had. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you first started the agency, can you maybe equate to the listeners what's going on with Dylan Holloway? He's got 25 points in 14 games in Wisconsin. Uh, Caulfield has more points, but's played significantly more games. How excited are, are you surprised by the fact that he's got eight multiple point games in his last nine games? I know you've seen a little of a play. Yeah, I've actually seen quite a bit, and I, and I speak to Tony Granato regularly, and I happen to have spoken to Marco Sikian just a couple of times in the last 10 days just to check in on Dylan. And one thing I will say about both Tony and Mark is that they have been patient with Dylan. He didn't blow it up numbers-wise last year, but they have never wavered on the character and type of player that he could be and is developing into now, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, last year, they asked him to do every dirty job on the planet for that team, and this kid did it without fail. He was on a team with a bunch of 
I don't want to say superstars, but high pick players that I don't believe have the character to do what he did last year. This year he's gotten a lot greater opportunity and he's taken advantage of it. He never complained once last year about anything. He is probably the most solid kid on that team right now by a long shot to really be fair if you listen to what people have to say around that program. So I got a lot of time for him. I actually think he could help the Edmonton Oilers. Those guys will kill me for saying this, but it's not my decision, but he could help the Edmonton Oilers this year in a playoff run, in my opinion. On a uh, third-line role, not okay. on a top-six role yet, in a third-line role, I think he would be a really impactful, meaningful player for Edmonton. Brian, great stuff. Love having you on the show. Uh, we'll hook up again next week. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Lawton, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as uh, the man that headed up Octagon's agency. When we come back on Oilers Now, uh, Brendan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And S. Scott will have the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It is 12.55 at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. 12.56 in Edmonton. Uh, Cactus Jack texts the show. Long-time listener, dating way all the way back to the days of Total Sports. Bob, Brian Lawton is a fantastic guest. He keeps getting better and better for you and your show. Well, he's very, uh, you know, his word economy is excellent, but there's real depth to what he has to say, and the man has been in the chair before as well. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Trent Brown and the staff at James H. Brown. Trent was a two-time CFL All-Star for the EE football team. What are they going to come up with a name for that anyways? Time will tell in that regard. But back in the 630 Jet Studios, Brendan Escott. Okay, well, we know Ethan Bear is uh, unavailable tonight for the Oilers. Dave Tippett saying he suffered a setback on the road to recovery from that errant puck he took while on the bench. Uh, the update on William Lagason is day-to-day as well. We don't know for sure sure whether Gaetan Haas is going to draw in, but as I understand it, that was part of the reason for Devin Shore being on waivers yesterday. Uh, no Pierre-Luc Dubois for Winnipeg tonight. He's still dealing with a lower body injury they're trying not to uh, force a setback with, but he has just appeared in two games since being acquired from Columbus. Uh, they will roll out the same lineup as on Monday night, according to head coach Paul Maurice. And from elsewhere, uh, Rangers forward Jacob Truba will now miss four to six weeks yet an upper body injury suffered last night against New Jersey. Uh, we will tell you that Larry Brooks has reported broken thumb in the case of Jacob Truba. The Jets, that trade worked out for the Pionks, a hell of a player for them. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back at 105, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. This is Oilers Now.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.